With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to another live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford here along with A.D. Drew. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you this evening. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of celebrations to uh, to uh, congratulations and celebrations and all that good stuff. We got some uh, good guests uh, coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh, so uh, we'll start the show in just a moment. Drew, how you doing, my man? I'm doing fine, my brother. How you doing, man? Man, I'm, I'm doing okay. Doing okay, man. Once again, the NFL is proving that I know nothing about the NFL. Just when I just when I think I know a little something, they change the script every week. And I hate myself for being a fan. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say on the air. <laughs> but I hate it. I hate myself every day. I, <laughs> all right. All right. So we're gonna leave that uh, alone, my brother. Yeah, thank you. Please get beat upside the head every weekend. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, thank you for doing so. Make sure to subscribe to us if you're watching us on the YouTube channel. If you're on Facebook, make sure you are uh liking us uh on facebook make sure you've subscribed i know you probably have but if not go ahead and share this with a couple of people let's bring in some folks we got a lot to talk about make sure you're following us on facebook twitter and instagram at my bcsn1 we've got championships to talk about the siac and the ciaa championships have been decided uh neither game was close but hey we kind of felt that it might go that route anyway uh, we've got big time action and a few surprises that took place in the uh, SWAC and in the MIAC. Uh, one half of the Celebration Bowl has already been decided. One half of the SWAC championship game has been decided. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later in the show. We'll be talking about the Division Two playoffs and uh, two of the schools. We'll be talking with their head coaches Head coach Damon Wilson of Bowie State will be joining us at the bottom of the first hour. 
And then uh, somewhere about 7.20, bottom of the second hour, we'll talk to Albany State head coach Gabe Giardina, who will be joining us as well. Drew, we can go in any number of directions. Which game, which recaps do you want to start with from the weekend, my brother? Tough call. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go way out of left field. Whoa, okay. And, and, I, and I'm going left. To the leftmost HBCU that we have in Langston University. Oh my gosh. That third in a row. Wow. And for all the hopes of us getting a team in the NAIA playoffs. Not this year. Not this year. Well, Bye-bye. but you know, thinking thinking about the conversation we had with Coach Morgan. Somewhere about when they were mid-season, he stated that this was a young team. He did state that this team was probably a year ahead of where uh, he thought they would be. And so while they were getting a lot of praise and while they were the number one team in our under D1 poll and a lot of the mid-major polls, um, and they had just come off the big win of taking out uh, top-ranked Ottawa, and they went as high as number nine, I believe, in the nation, or they say knocked off number nine, but they were steadily rising. They were, I've seen a couple metrics where they were top 10. It it had a feel, now that we've seen the three weeks of three losses, tough losses, like they lost a, a game. Were the they first overachieving was, at that point? Well, yeah, it, you know what? They could have been. They very well could have been. You know who it reminded me of? It reminded me of Coach Willie Simmons' first year at FAMU. In 2018, a team that really, when you look back at their overall record, that team was five and five. But at one point, they were they had won four or five in a row and were one game away from winning the MEAC title. All they had to do was go on the road and beat Howard. Now, I say all they had to do. Look, that's that should not be easy to go on the road. But let's just you know, Howard was. I, I don't think they was Kalen Newton still there at that time. Yes. Okay, so, so, but but Howard wasn't playing. They weren't playing at the high level uh, that uh, that many people might have thought. But anyway, they went up there a team a game that they probably could have won. Many people thought they should have won, but that team wasn't ready for that moment. Then they came back home the next week, lost to South Carolina State big, like forty four twenty one, and that left them with one game to win to get into the Celebration Bowl, win the Miac. That was the Florida Classic. We know what happened in that game. So that's what this reminds me of. You know what I'm saying? And that's my only – I'm sure people out there watching, you can think of other moments when your team was on the verge of winning a title and then had a late-season collapse, losing three in a row. But that's my most recent recollection. So uh, I I expect Coach Morgan and that group, which is a young group, I think, the way he said it, they're going to be in the hunt again next year. And so uh, I expect them to uh, to be right back. So I'm going to go with uh, my my big starter of the weekend. For me, um, I've got, I'm going to publicly give some praise to uh, a young man that I think, you know, should definitely be in the conversation for SWAC Offensive Player of the Year. And that's Rashawn McKay, quarterback for Florida A&M. McKay and the Rattlers went out to UAPB. They wiped the floor with 
you know, 37 to seven, but McKay was um, the numbers. He was like 21 of, uh, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to hate myself here. Cause I don't have the numbers quite pulled up exactly. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to pull them up exactly because I want to say him and I want to be right about it. He was 22 of 31, 338 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, his QBR was well above two. I think it was like 218, something of that nature. And that's what that QBR was. So I think along with Shador Sanders, who we're going to talk about later in this show, who had a great game. I mean, going back and watching the replay of what Shador did out in uh, Southern, it's easy to see why he is going to be a favorite for SWAC Offensive Player of the Year. But I'm telling you, Rashawn McKay definitely deserves some some mention. And uh, if, if Florida A&M is going to the playoffs, uh, Rashawn McKay is going to be a big reason why that happens. Um, let's go to let's – talk, let's talk about these championship games, Drew, because I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know, getting to the start of the show – and, and we're talking about everything but the SIEC and the CIAA championships, uh, which uh, which occurred on Saturday. Uh, Bowie State, with their third consecutive championship over Fayetteville State, all three over Fayetteville State. Uh, this time they won that ball, ball game 17-7 to as they jumped out to a 14-0 lead in the first quarter. Fayetteville did get a uh, a touchdown in the third quarter, but it really never seemed like that game was in doubt. Um, you know, as as they did get a late field goal to win it seventeen by seven. But Bowie State's defense once again proving to be the difference, and uh, they are one of the top defenses in Division Two football. And we'll talk a little bit about their seating here coming up. Um, on the other side of a short break. And then we had Albany State getting a 31 to nothing win over Miles, which, look, uh, let me see. The first time they played, what was the score when they played Miles in the regular season? Was it 31 to 3? 31 3. Yeah, so they, so scored, that's a, they scored 60 unanswered points against Miles. 62. 62 unanswered uh, since the. First quarter, Miles had a 3-0 lead in the first quarter. And for the last seven quarters, Albany State this year, 62-0. And, and I, there was a moment when I when I saw, saw as I'm watching the game, I saw Coach Ruffin at halftime. I, I think it was halftime. He had this look. And then the camera went to him. And I think at halftime, the game was only uh, 17-0 at halftime. But he had this look. He had this look that – Coaches have a look when you're trying to figure out how in the hell am I going to stop this other team doing what they're doing to us. It could be you could be down by 20 in the first quarter, down by 15 at half. Your team is shooting 20 percent or your team is getting beat by 17 and can't do anything. Um, You know, that's. That's what is most interesting about when I saw that look by by coach. Um by Coach Ruffin, I knew that Miles was in trouble and that uh, Albany State was going to run away. That I believe that is their seventh, seventh shutout of the year, sixth or seventh, right? Six, six and a half. 
Six and a, yeah, six and a half, right? Because the, the defense, <laughs> exactly the defense. Uh, there was defense a has six. The offense has has the other half. They gave up the pick six, so we can't give them seven. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Pick six, double um, six, something. Yeah, let's take a short break. Come right back, and we'll get into talking about the debut of the Division Two playoffs. And we'll also talk about some of the exciting games in the SWAC because one side was decided and the other side, the other division, well, it could have been decided except for this little thing about getting a road win when you really need a road win. So we'll talk about that coming up after this short break. You're watching the Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Supermarket Sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. 
Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the Sporting HBCU Dasher, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course, lecture, dismiss. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker upper. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Trap. Brian and AD here. And um, let's get into talking about the Division II playoff announcement, which came out probably about, what, an hour and a half ago. The NCAA uh, announced their 2018 field. Now, uh, again, it, it is 28 teams, correct, Drew? Correct. Yeah. So what's interesting with the way to D, when they do it in D2, you basically have four regions, and there's a, a, a top team which gets a bye week, and then you have the two, three, and four get seeded, and then they sort of match up the remaining three teams based on um, – it it's all seems to be based on regional uh, – regional close proximity to um, matchups or potential matchups. So the SIC and the CIAA fall into the region two. And of course, the last time we had football was 2019. So this year, the, you know, for pretty much ever since the rankings came out, maybe about two or three weeks ago, We've seen Albany State and Bowie kind of right at about two and three, right, Drew? Bowie was two, they have Albany not was changed. two. They've been two, three the entire time until today. Right. They've been two and three the um, the entire time up until what uh, what came out today. So, number one seed, and, and I get first off, Drew, tell the people the, the conferences that make up this region include the CIAA, the SIC. The, the Gulf South, the Gulf South, and the South and the South Atlantic, South Atlantic, and so you know if you've ever caught any of our shows and we have Chris Ferguson on from D two football, we're constantly talking about those matchups between the CIAA and the SIC versus the Gulf South. Uh, it's interesting to note that the number one team in the region uh, coming into Saturday was Valdosta State. Uh, mm-hmm. They were unbeaten. They actually have a schedule where they played three HBCUs in the preseason before they started uh, their regular season, right? They played Albany State, 
Savannah and and Virginia Hula, Union. And Virginia Union. Union. Yeah, yeah. And they, they put a 50-burger on Virginia Union and Savannah State. Uh, Albany State, though, only only lost 20-21-3, I think it was. Yes, and that was Savannah, uh, excuse me, that was Valdosta's lowest point total for the season. And that game was 14-3 to for a uh, majority of the second half until a late garbage time touchdown by Valdosta State. Right. So I know there is a, uh, I know that was a game and we talked to coach a couple weeks back that uh, his team really felt optimistic about it. It's their only loss of the season on a 10 and one record. So the rankings pretty much went like this Valdosta state, despite losing to West Florida in conference, which I think they ended up tying or being co-champs. They didn't win the championship outright. Valdosta Correct. State ended up 9-1. and one, And you see there got the bye as the one seed. little controversial uh, in some people's eyes. But as it was stated, Valdosta State had the second toughest schedule in Division II football. So it is what it is. Right. And they play in um, uh, probably – the number two toughest conference in, in Division Two football with the, uh, I believe it's the MAC, which is uh, covers uh, Missouri. That's where you get your teams like Northwest Missouri State, Truman State, and some of those other national powers in that region. And our HBCU Lincoln of Missouri is in that conference, which is why we always st- have stated Lincoln of Missouri plays the toughest schedule in HBCU football because of their conference. Right. And so Valdosta, as it's, as you see there with the bracket, also in their conference, you have West Georgia who uh, will take on Albany state. Albany will host a game uh, as the four seed, which, you know, it's kind of interesting that Albany was not the three seed. The three seed went to West Florida who did defeat Valdosta state. I don't know. Maybe that is the reason why West Florida is the three seed uh, with a nine and one record instead of being the four seed. But um, Bowie State held on to their two seed uh, and they will host a game against Lenore Ryan. So as you can see, you have a potential. Now, West Georgia, eight and two is out of the Gulf South, along with Valdosta State and West Florida. Uh, Newberry and Lenore Ryan uh, are out of the um, SAC. The SAC. Which one was the champion, by the way? Uh, Newberry wound up the champion of the SAC. Lenore Ryan uh, came into the week number nine and obviously bumped up to number seven by their victory on Saturday versus uh, I believe they had Tusculum on this past, uh, this past Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, let me double check that. Uh, and one of the things that I, that I was, that I saw Excuse that me, they had Catawba, they had Catawba. Yeah. One of the things that I saw the fact that Savannah state gets uh, shorted because Savannah state was go- was number seven going into the week, uh, the weekend Eight. of games. They were, I number I eight. Saw they were eight. They were number eight in the region, but they had the number seven 
performance uh, indicator. Mars Hill was six, Dewberry was seven, Savannah eight, Lenore Ryan nine, and Fayetteville ten. You seem to think yesterday that uh, based on the results that Savannah State had done enough to get in, what what do you think changed? Or where was basically your what you saw, what was different about what you saw and what they well, decided? Lenore Ryan played a Catawba team who was probably, when you look at the doubles, ranked around 20. So the fact that they played a quote-unquote top top 20 team in the region may, may have been enough despite the performance indicator of Little Orion being number nine, Savannah being number seven, to give them enough points to jump Savannah from the nine spot to the seven spot. Bars here losing was, was, was key for any of those other teams to get in, Lenore Ryan or Savannah State. This is the second year consecutively that we've had Division II playoffs that an HBCU who did not play championship week got screwed. If you remember 2019, Virginia State was sitting in the, I believe they were actually sitting in the number six spot at that time. And because of how things shook out on that last Saturday when they were off and Bowie was beating Fayetteville State once again in the championship game, they were bumped by an SAC team. The SAC right. in the eyes of the NCAA and these, these regional posters is a higher rated conference. So that plus Savannah State Basically going 0-2 against ranked teams. Right, where they went 0-2 against the Valdosta State and Albany State. And neither one of those games were close. We weren't close, right. Lenore Ryan was 1-1 one one against ranked teams. So I think that was the difference. That 1 versus the 0-2 was probably what wound up bumping Lenore Ryan up over Savannah State, especially when you consider Savannah State's games were not competitive in their uh, in their two losses, and Lenore Ryan lost to Dewberry twenty eight twenty one, and to UVA Wise thirty five twenty eight. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's do this. We've got uh. We've got our first guest scheduled to join us right now so we're we're, we're going to stay here we we're not going to take a break and let's see if we can go ahead and bring in our first guest uh which i believe is going to be the head coach of the Bowie state bulldogs there he is himself coach damon wilson congratulations coach uh and welcome to the sports wrap how you doing this evening doing great i appreciate you guys for having me yeah, yeah. Congratulations on the uh on the three peat. Uh let let's start there first and, and first and congratulations on the uh two seed in the playoffs. Let's start with the the season and and just uh what went into this year. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, come out of not playing, and to almost I don't want to say just picking up where you left off, but coach, it feels like you almost picked up where you left off in 2019. Well, I mean, you know, 20 not playing football in 2020 
was uh, was was tough. It was tough on us. It was tough on the student athletes. And uh, you know, we did a, the best job we could just staying involved with those guys via Zoom and and you know making phone calls and just checking up on the guys. I think the coaching staff did a, did a great job because it allowed us to um, be on be on one accord when we were able to come back to, to some type of normalcy and play football again. And I think that's really what carried us through the season. You know, we we, we lost to uh, Delaware State the first game of the season and uh, pretty much been on a roll since then. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way we carried ourselves as a program uh, through the pandemic. Coach, um, in this championship game where you're playing a familiar opponent, uh, Fayetteville State, and, and it's interesting because if I'm not mistaken, you have – and I, I'm trying to think back here. I don't think you played them in the regular season these last couple of years, but here you are playing them for the third consecutive year. Uh what about the familiarity with your opponent? Is there is there is there anything that that is comforting in that? Or what was talk about a little about the game planning that went into uh, facing Fayetteville State for the third time? Well, we knew we were going against a good Fayetteville State team. I know Coach Hayes does a good job with his guys preparing them uh, defensively. They've been playing lights out football pretty much all year long. Uh, offensively, they've been getting the ball to their running backs, and they have a, a few receivers that uh, can stretch the field vertically. So we knew we had, a, you know, we were going to have a, a dogfight on our hands, and uh, I'm glad we were able to come out with the win. Uh, however, like, you know, we're familiar with the, the coaches, as if you will, but the players, the teams were different. You know, this, we didn't have the same uh, guys on our team in 2019 that we had this year, and uh, they didn't either. So, you know, we weren't familiar with a lot of the guys, uh, but, you know, coaching style and coaching philosophy, we were familiar with those, you know, from the, the coaches. Drew? All right, Coach. Uh, let's let's spin it forward to twenty four hours later, or about twenty six hours later. Or so today, the announcements come out for the uh, for the for the brackets. First of all, tell us were you guys like in the uh, in the locker room or the or the or the meeting room, or did did you guys meet via Zoom to see this? How did you describe what happened, and then the emotion and the reaction of the players as the announcement was made uh, today? Well, we uh, had our regular team meeting that we typically have on a Sunday, and then we went to the uh, ball, one of the ballrooms on campus, uh, you know, had a little lunch there for the guys, and we sat and watched it together. Uh, as soon as the uh, announcement was made and the guys went back to their room and, and, and hey, let's, let's, let's break down Lenore Ryan and get ready to play ball. So, you know, it, it, they, were, they were excited just to have an opportunity to host, host a playoff game, of course, and now we had to do some research on our, on our opponent, and that's what we're doing now as coaches staff. All right. Now, got to ask this question. Were you with Valdosta State losing yesterday? Were you a little disappointed that you did not get the number one seed and get the uh, extra week uh, to prepare? I mean, not, not at all. You know, it's one of those deals. You have to control what you can control. And I've been doing this long enough now to understand how everything, you know, it, it works. Uh, but, you know, we just want to control what we can control, be ready to play when the game's, you know, when, when the game's called. Of course, it's nice to have a, a bye week because Division two play – you know, you're going pretty much 16 straight weeks. You know, you don't you don't have a bye week during your regular season in our conference. So we want to make sure that uh, you know, it, it'll be nice to have one. But I wasn't disappointed at all. All right, now let's uh, spin fast forward to your opponent next week, Lenore Rhyme out, out of the uh, SAC. Now you guys did have one common opponent this year, that being Virginia State. First of all, question number one: 
Have you already been on the phone with Reggie Barlow to uh, get a scout report against him and to figure out, uh, you know, if he, if he can help you out? Because right now y'all could be friends, you know, because uh, y'all not y'all not competing against each other. That's number one. Then number two, tell us what you do know in the hour or so since it's come out. Is there anything that you know about this team uh, thus far? Uh, well, the good thing, like I said, we have a common opponent. And when we were preparing for Virginia State, we were able to watch that Lenore Ryan film. So we, you know, we have some familiarity with them from that game. Um, Lenore Ryan is a very explosive offensive team. You know, they, I think they're averaging somewhere up almost 500 yards a game in offense. Uh, you know, and they have two losses to, you know, two decent opponents. Uh, but, you know, we have to come and ready to play physical football for four straight quarters. And I think that'll give us an opportunity to win the ball game. Go ahead, Brian. Um, Coach, it seems like, uh, and, and I heard one of the commentators from the uh, NCAA uh, broadcast mention this, you, the offensive um, talent has been there for the last several years at Bowie, but it seemed like the the defense is really getting the love this year. Um, in terms of total defense, you guys are fifth in the nation. Is is that what when you when you look at and I hate to compare teams, but you know that's what we in the media do when we when we do this. Do you feel like this is a stronger defensive team for the playoffs than maybe past years uh, when you've made these runs in 2018 and 2019? I think it's it's pretty comparable. But one thing that we did with our non-conference schedule uh, was play tough opponents. You know, we played New Haven, we played Saginaw Valley. Two teams that have very, um, you know, they have a, a lot of tradition with this com- when it comes to winning and playoff experience. And, we, and the reason we did that, we wanted to prepare our team for the, you know, for the playoff run this year. So I think we've kind of been battle tested a little bit in that area, uh, you know, playing against uh, uh, tough opponents in our non-conference scheduling. And uh, I think we, we we'll be in good shape. You know, defensively we've been playing well, like like you mentioned. Uh, there's some things that we still need to tighten up a little bit. And we we knew we would have a have a team, a good defensive team this year. And offensively, we started to pick it up a little bit as the season, uh, you know, got, got to that midway point, And we've been running the ball a lot better the second half of the season than we were the first half. And the interesting thing about that scheduling, I mean, those are teams that are probably, well, they're definitely not in the region, this right. region two that you're in. Do you, how do you, I mean, is there any, what kind of thought goes into that scheduling? I mean, are you more trying to find teams that are a little closer to your region in the upper Northeast or maybe even in the uh, Midwest uh, versus having to deal with the teams that you may eventually see down in the, um, in the, uh, uh, the Gulf, uh, Gulf South or the uh, SAC. Yeah, we definitely want to try to, you know, stay closer uh, to our university as much as possible. Uh, but at the same time, you know, playing a Saginaw Valley team out of Detroit, out of Michigan, I should say, you know, that, that wasn't an ideal opponent, but that was the only game that was open for us at that time. And, uh, you know, and, and it's, like I said, it's a good, very good football program. So it gave us an opportunity to, to get some quality points with regards to, you know, the whole ranking uh, and seeding process. Are, are you guys getting to that point where it's starting to become hard to find opponents as you start thinking about future schedules? I mean, is it is the Bowie State name becoming one of those teams that people are like, I don't know if we want to play them because it may hurt us? It, it's, it's been like that for a few years. It is definitely tough. And, uh, you know, that's why we picked up a Delaware State this year, a FCS opponent. You know, ideally you want to keep uh, you kind of keep everything in-house in D2 because uh, that'll help you strip a schedule and everything else. But, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to find games. And, uh, 
you know, I'm glad we were able to do that. Some schools didn't find uh, 10 games this year. So, you know, we just want to find good quality competition that to help us get better and prepare for the uh, postseason play. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you what, we're, we're one of those, I I've been on this thing with uh, along with a few other people like Chris Ferguson, a D two football. We keep saying that the CIAA and the SIC need to do kind of a weekend just take best versus the best, do a mismatch, cross it up. And, you know, one, one good thing for HBCU football at the, at the D two level and just kind of make that happen. That would help everybody out. I think in, in my own I, personal I opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. And we, I know we've talked about as coaches before. Uh, well, I don't know if you do something long in conjunction with the Celebration Bowl where you have, this, you know, MEAC winner, SWAC winner, CIAA winner, SIEC winner, and bring four universities together one weekend and play some football. I think that would be yeah. good for all. See, well, it sounds like Coach be- Wilson been in some of our private conversations right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. Drew, go ahead. Uh, so, 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 Coach. One thing I find interesting about your team, you can win an all-out slugfest, uh, you know, 14 to 12 or whatever their score was earlier this year. And then you can, you can win a game where both teams score in the 40s. And then you could beat somebody by 65 points. So what do you attribute that to to be able to play not one, not two, but three different styles of football, it seems like, on a Saturday? You know, as a fan – we don't believe State's gonna win. We just don't know how they're gonna win. <laughs> it's it's uh it's good. You know, I, I think it's good. I mean, just just because you're able to have uh, reference points and you're able to kind of you're, you're battle tested. You know, like the Virginia State game, we were up. I think we jumped up maybe 21 points in the first in the first quarter, and uh, then we hit a little a little drought. We weren't scoring, and that's thing you know we got we're in, we're in a dog fight. You know, and, and that's and then it's a one game. There was, you know, it was a little rain, a little bad weather early on. We couldn't really get going offensively. And uh, defensively, we played lights out football to beat those guys. Uh, I think it was 14-3, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it, it's good to have those experiences. Uh, but once again, we want to continue to get better and learn from those experiences. And teams that we're supposed to put away, we want to put them away. And we know the playoffs, and it's going, everything's a dogfight. You know, you want to go home right now. So if you want your season to end, you know, <laughs> you, lose, you lose the ball game. If you want to continue to play football, you must win. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're not going to look ahead, but uh, as a number two seed, you will be uh, at home, have the opportunity to play at home for the first first two rounds, uh, guaranteed, uh, so so long as you win. So uh, do you think the weather come with all these teams coming from, hey, these teams down in my neck of the woods, all these teams in Georgia and Florida, you got a couple of the lower Carolinas having to come up north, and we know in Maryland, in, in late November and into December, ain't no telling what the weather's going to be. It'll be 70 degrees in the morning when you walk outside, and it'll be 30 at kickoff at 2 o'clock. So do you think that, uh, especially with that run game that, you, uh, that you've established, do you think that's going to uh, really help you out? I mean, I hope so. You know, any any advantage, if you will, uh, definitely, you know, work without, uh, will work without favor. However, I know coaching staff across the country that, that you know, desire to play in uh, late November, early December, they're preparing for their guys all year long for winning championship in cold weather, you know, to play football in cold weather. So I don't think it's going to be a big, uh, a big deal at all. You know, we're, 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 we'll be ready to roll at home. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate, you know, to play in front of our home crowd and our local fan base here. So uh, we're excited about it. All right, Brian, let's um, take it home. B- Bowie State leads the nation in defensive touchdowns. Um, 
uh, which is uh, by not well. There's a couple of teams that are that are uh, relatively close, but you know, five fumble returns, two uh, by interception returns. Um, from a defensive perspective, coach, what is what is what's the most uh, pride that that you have with this defensive unit? Is it their ability to just you know, from terms of total yardage, to be able to keep teams uh, from being able to to move the ball forward? Is it the is it the spe- is it the defensive touchdowns? Is it just their overall play? You got athletic playmakers out there. I keep telling people there's at least a couple of guys that are, we may see on Sundays. Just talk a little about the defensive side of the ball for your team. Well, we're led by our defensive line. Our defensive line, I think we play maybe eight guys a game, and they really get after it really well in the pass game as well as in the run game. And we're not really caught up in the amount of yards the team may have. We want to stop them from scoring points. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the biggest deal for us. You know, you may we, – we had two goal – well, one goal line stopped this past uh, – yesterday. You know, they, they drove down. They got to the two-yard line. Our defense, uh, you know, kept them off the – out the end zone. So, that, at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. We want to keep teams out of the end zone. Uh, we want to play sound and play fast. And I think we're doing that right now. But uh, we're definitely going to be led by our defensive line and the guys on the back end doing their job in, in, in coverage. And I think, we'll, you know, we're in good shape. Yeah. All right. So, Coach, Coach uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll go uh, ahead, Drew. Maurice Leary uh, on our YouTube page says, uh, congratulations, Coach, for putting uh, Bowie in the natty and, and bringing the natty to the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. We, we, that's our goal. All right, uh, coach. Uh, give, let's let's. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this, coach. Give us an idea on, on the schedule for for your guys this week. Does it change, or do you treat this like uh, any other week? Uh, you know, focus on what we got to focus on. It's, it's a regular home game. You know, the only difference is for a coaching staff. You know, we typically work a week out uh, as far as breaking down opponents. Unfortunately, you know, in the playoffs, you're not able to do that. So we're going to have a long night tonight breaking down film and getting getting the information out to our guys tomorrow. Now we'll just go through our regular work week, and uh, we'll be ready for a 1 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Okay, that, I'm glad you said that. That was going to be my next question, if we knew what time kickoff was going to be. But you just told us it's a 1 o'clock Saturday kickoff. Yes, All sir. Right. Right. Ahead, and, and will the game be streamed uh, somewhere so that we can follow I'm, it? Do we know that yet? I'm quite sure it will. All our home games have been streamed, so I'm quite sure Ms. Williams will get that information out, and it'll be on our website as well. All right. All right. We appreciate your time, Coach. Again, congratulations on the uh, CIAA championship for the third consecutive year. Uh, it, it's fun tailing you guys. I mean, we we are constantly talking about streaks and keeping up with uh, where Bowie State has been. So it is uh, it's, it's a pleasure to actually have you on and talk with you. And good luck this upcoming week against Lenore Ryan. Saturday, 1 p.m., home game for Bowie State, the two seed in the region. Thank you, Coach. Yes, Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. All right. We're going to take a break and come back right after these words. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back from novice to aficionado. Find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www. .slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com
Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. Since 2000. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and Drew here. Um, glad to be back on with you. Uh, appreciate everyone who's out in the chat room. It's a little spicy out there. That's all right though. Keep bringing it. Keep bringing it out there. Don't lose. You know. Don't don't lose. Don't lose your your rent uh, this upcoming Saturday. Whoever you are out there, just just let you know. You know. Don't make any bad. Don't make any bad decisions based on who you think might win. That's all I gotta <laughs> say. Dumb man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all good out there, though. Appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure to uh, jump in there on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. You know, go ahead and hit that like button on the subscribe channel for us while you're out there. Um, make sure to share this feed. We appreciate all of you, uh, Wildcats included. We appreciate you. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at MyBCSN1. Go download that Jericho Broadcast Network's app, MyJBN, MyBCSN is where you can find us on the Google Play and Apple iStore. All right, let's go over to the SWAC. Uh, let's kind of transition a little bit back to the FCS. The SWAC never gets old, Drew. It's just uh, the gift that keeps giving week to week. This was the third full week of action between all 12 schools. You know, one of the things I started doing, Drew, I started tracking East versus West, you know, because, uh, you know, we there's a lot of talk, obviously, going into this week. The East sits with, you know, Jackson State, who was in first place. You've got FAMU there, Alabama A&M, the defending champs. And then over in the West, you've got Alcorn, Prairie View, the Blue Bloods, Grambling, and Southern. You know, so – uh I just thought I'd kind of track and see who's been winning lately. And over the last three weeks, the East is uh, eight and one against teams from the West. Eight wow. and one. Yeah. Four and oh this past Saturday. Three and one last week and one and oh the week before. Uh, now that brings the season total nine to five. Nine wins for the East, five for the West. And I believe, 
there are still, let's see, one, two, three games upcoming. So the East yeah, is three, one. Three games, yeah. So basically the East will have won, according to my my numbers. The East would have won the East versus West, but but they can put it they can put it away with dominance in week twelve. So those four wins, those four wins this week included uh, Alabama A&M with a 52-49 win over Texas Southern. Bethune-Cookman winning their second game in a row. Watch out. The Wildcats all of a sudden have swagger now. They won two in a row after being winners. Look, we, want, hey, look, we wanted you all to get a win. Rattler Nation wanted you to get a win. Now you got two, and now you done got you done grew a pair underneath the cat fur. Okay, so let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Okay, pump the brakes there, Wildcat Nation. Pump the brakes. But anyway, nice win over Grambling. I don't know if Grambling's still distracted or not. Just just saying, still distracted. A lot of things going on there in Grambling. You had FAMU's thirty-seven to seven win over UAPB, um, and then you had Jackson State. Rallying down 17 to 7 in the fourth quarter, beating Southern on the road, breaking a, a nine game, I think it's a nine game losing streak to Southern, and actually winning the SWAC East by virtue of winning that contest. And Drew, as I went back and watched that contest, two things stood out for me. One, Shadour Sanders and his ability to run is it, it's really a separating factor here in terms of, you know, we talk about people like to say Jackson State doesn't have a running attack. Okay, but I tell you what, they got a quarterback who can run, and when you feel like you've got everybody covered and you leave just 10, 10, 15 yards, he knows when to take off, and better yet, he knows when to slide. Secondly. Secondly, two opportunities that Southern had a chance to put that game away, and Shadour makes big plays. He's supposed to be a freshman, right? But I watched a second, and I think it was a second and 22, and I watched him make a 19-yard pass play, which brought up a third and two on that game-winning drive. Then on that same drive, on a first and 20, he ends up throwing what ends up being a game-winning touchdown you know, he's got a 6'5 receiver. Southern's got a D-back who's like 5'10. Bad mismatch every day of the week. You're supposed to, you're supposed to foul that guy, right? You're supposed to hold him, do whatever. <laughs> you're not supposed to play jump ball with, with a guy like that. You, you know, not when you're the, the only person yards. back there. Take the 15 yards. Take the 15-yard penalty. Yeah. But anyway, that's how the game ends. Um. Emotional scene there. Love the scene, seeing Shadour come over to his father there on the sideline. Uh, Coach Prime, you know that that was a touching moment. I mean, if you, I don't have a, I don't have kids, but Drew, as a father, I'm sure seeing that that had to be every dad's moment. You know, that was a dad moment. That's one of the things. Like, I'm not crying, you're crying because you know, put put all the other stuff to the side, man. That was a that was a that was a pretty cool moment there. Um, yeah. And, and then, hey. well, 
Yeah. Well, I, what I was going to say is that that combined with what happened at the end, and I, I'll let you jump in before I talk about what happened at the end. Yeah. Uh, before I say say what I got to say, uh, shout out to Dr. Cavill who's uh, watching us. Brian, since you uh, brought up uh, the East versus the West record, Dr. Cavill wants to know, do we have the road records of these uh, teams? Who's actually won on the road? You know, Dr. Oh, Cavill yeah. uh, with the data points. And it, speaking of Dr. Cavill, if you remember <laughs> back in, I believe it was late July or early August, we asked on his show, what was the – he asked what was the going to be the uh, better comp, uh, better division, East, West, or the BAC 6? I remember I said the East was going to be the, the division to watch for. There were a couple other members of uh, – inside the HBCU Sports Lab, not named Dr. Cavill. I'm not going to call him out, but I think he can figure it out right there. Who said the West? So I'm not. Well, I'll say this. I, I, this I don't, weekend, I'll say we Go ahead. This weekend, the East was 4-0 on the road this weekend. Wow. Yeah. All four of those teams – we're on the road. A&M was on the road. Bethune was on the road. FAMU and Jackson State all on the road. Yeah, so. Well, that answered that question. Yeah, and then, hold on. I'm going to go back even last week. Last week, Alabama State. Uh, no, let me see. I, I'll go back. You know what? I'll do the, I'll do the research because Doc always likes to give homework assignments. You know, so I'm like, Doc, want to give me some extra, <laughs> some homework. Maybe I can get some extra credit Make, on Tuesday's exactly. show. I'm going to come in with some extra credit. I'm going to do some extra credit. So, all right, I will look up that information, Doc, on Tuesday. I will have that for you. Uh, but, Drew, yeah. uh, any, any thoughts yeah. on that game before we talk about what happened at the end of the game shortly? Also, the end of the game, you know, you talked about the moment with uh, Shadur Sanders and him embracing his father over on the sideline. Did you pay attention? who made the interception to seal the game for Jackson State? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That would Shiloh. be the other Sanders. That would be Shiloh who made the interception. So kind of book is uh, little brother leads him to the, uh, to the game winning drive and big brother seals it by making a, a defensive play and making an interception to, uh, to seal the game. Now, well, what I could, let's okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what I, what I couldn't understand about the end of that game is I'm watching those passes, and I'm just like, you know, it, it just seemed like, again, just like the week before where the passes were just a hair off, um, you know, by Bubba McDaniel, the same against FAMU, the same thing happened this week against Southern. I mean, that is not his forte, but they were trying to throw deep, and I felt like, Take the 15 to 20 yards that Southern is giving or that Jackson State is giving you. You don't have to throw a 40-yard pass play towards the end zone. There wasn't there was still enough time to go over the middle or get something a little more secure. I I thought Especially I, I thought, when they went to that drive with three timeouts. Yes, exactly. Again, mismanagement of timeouts. Almost this, anyway, we ain't I'm gonna let y'all Southern folks have that issue, but whatever. Yeah, I, you, I think both of the games was trying to make the home run play and make the big play instead of taking what the defense uh, gave them. He could he could have chunked the ball down the field, nickel and dimed it, 
and then got down about the uh, 30 yard line or so or 25 yard line, then took the shot for the end zone instead of trying to pick up 40 yards on every play. Just, just my personal opinion, but I do want to talk about the end of the game and yeah, second week in a row, we have had an incident involving HBCUs uh, and for lack of a better word, tempers, physicals, what, what, that, that, that's what Period. I was looking for. That's Period. what I was looking for. Poor yes. sportsmanship. Uh, oh, oh, and, and and that's on both sides. We're not we're not singling e- either team out because both teams were wrong. Now, what's going to be interesting about this? And if you saw me on the uh, Kavir show, set up what happened Set up what happened okay. first, Drew, in case anyone didn't happen to see what happened. If you haven't seen it, where have you been for the last twenty four hours? Uh, after after the game was over, one of the Jackson State players got the J flag and went to go plant it at the 50-yard line in celebration Presumably of Jackson State. And I don't know if it was because of the victory, because they beat Southern, or because they won the East. But whatever the it reason was, it could have been a combination of all of them, but they, he went to go plant the uh, flag at the 50-yard line. One of the Southern players basically was like, oh, hell no. And if you remember the uh, T.O., at Dallas uh, when he was in San Francisco, it was kind of that type of moment for Southern, except it wasn't just one person stopping him. It was the whole team as both teams were leaving the field, headed towards the locker room. And then... It was the end of the, it was the, end of the game where you had... right. The game, had was, that, over. The game had, was officially right, over. You, you, you would think teams are coming to the midfield to either say, you hands. know... They're, Supposedly, yeah. Shake hands, zap it up. Hey, that's my old high school teammate. What up, brother? You know, stuff, uh, stuff like that. But instead, they kept going. They were, went back and forth with it, and there were punches thrown at each other. Don't know if they connected. You got football equipment on. It's hard to connect a punch with football <laughs> equipment on. And if you do, you, you, I've been getting hit for the last three hours. That that little slap to the uh to the face master, to the shoulder uh, pads, it's really not going to hurt me, but it's the principle of the matter. Uh, security was there, trying to break it up. You heard the referees whistles tweeting. I can't, sometimes I couldn't tell whether the coaches were helping or hurting trying to separate players, but that's another side story. Here's where I'm going with this, because I don't want to belabor on that portion of it too long. This could play into the SWAC championship. How so? Alcorn plays Jackson State next week. Yes. Suspensions may be coming for for this incident. Mm-hmm. If certain Jackson State players get suspended for a half or the entire game against Alcorn, it mm-hmm. makes it that much easier for Alcorn to stay in contention to win the West because Alcorn took care of business by beating Prairie View, which was step one for Alcorn. Prairie mm-hmm. View is off. They do not play again until after Thanksgiving when they play Valley. A Valley team who has shocked a lot of people. Go back and listen to the uh, August 7th version of the Carlos Brown show when I said Valley was going to be relevant. But anyway, I digress. A Valley team who can beat Prairie View and who has beaten some teams and some of the games outside the Alabama A&M game, 
they've pretty much been in every other SWAC game this season. Even Jackson State. Jackson State had to open it up in the second half against Valley to uh, mm-hmm. beat them. So Valley upsets Prairie View. Alcorn beats Jackson State because Jackson State Missing doesn't have players. certain players. Now, right. you've not only changed the potential opponents in the SWAC championship game, now you've got Alcorn and Jackson State in a rematch in the championship game. But that could that you also may have potentially changed the celebration bowl, which may allow Alcorn to get back to the celebration bowl. So, you know, that may be the and one step further, Alcorn beats Jackson State. Preview beats uh Valley. Does that potentially open it up so that Preview now hosts the SWAC championship game instead of Jackson State? Certain things to consider are of the ramifications from this uh incident. So there, there's three different things that may be fallout because of this one incident. And I want to, I want to, I'm not going to correct anything you said, but I, I do, you, you stated that the player went to plant the flag and that, that is what a, that is what uh, a lot of people implied and in, including uh, Jay Walker uh, during the broadcast and uh, you know, no one planted a flag apparently is what uh, I don't think the video shows anybody planting the flag. Although, that is the terminology that many people are running with and seem to think that he could have been going out there just to wave the J. I, I don't know. He did get to mid, it looked like he went to mid midfield and I'm sure you got to remember, Hey, it's field turf. It's not real grass. So you weren't going to really plant anything. Although the symbolic, you know, of, of planning the symbolic the gesture, like what Baker Mayfield did when he was at Oklahoma, who knows if that, no, but technically, no one planted a flag. Okay, so let's just be clear about that. It looked, who knows what his intentions were, but yes, you saw him running out there, and I think maybe even another guy might have got a hold of a flag too. And they they could have just been in pure joy, wanting to wave it. Who knows? Southern wasn't too happy with that, it seemed. And yeah, during the broadcast, what what I think is bad is the game is closing. Right, ESPN is going through their closing role. And I think they they stayed on to capture what was happening. They could have easily gone away and said, hey, thanks for watching tonight's broadcast. But no, they stayed. Jay Walker or somebody even made a comment that a particular player from Jackson State even threw a punch uh, because they even went back to a replay from what I'm told. They went back and did a replay. So I'm like, oh, my God, they're, they're doing replays of the incident. None of that was very helpful for either team, Jackson State or Southern. And then I get the press release, which came out at uh, 10 minutes after midnight, uh, Saturday, Sunday morning, uh, technically Sunday morning, from the SWAC, which read, the Southwestern Athletic Conference is currently reviewing the incident which took place at the conclusion of the Jackson State at Southern football game. After a comprehensive review, the conference office will make a determination regarding necessary next steps in accordance with the league's constitution and bylaws. The Southwestern Athletic Conference, now watch this last sentence, upholds a high standard of good sportsmanship and any conduct deemed detrimental to those efforts will be handled appropriately. 
So I got two two issues with that. Okay, one, the fact that that had to come out when it did tells me that is somebody was really upset and 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 that that one got made got put on ESPN. I think the fact that ESPN stuck with that was embarrassing, and the conference had to come out with a swift statement regarding that. I mean, look at the time, twelve ten. When it gets released, that's not a good sign for 1110 local time, 1110 local time. Right. So that means, hey, somebody is watching this. Oh, no. Are they fighting? What in the world? OK, that's not going to be that's not a good look. You know, here you are with major sponsors. It wasn't that uh, that was your classic game. Wasn't it? Wasn't that the SWAT classic? So needless to say, no, the first game, preview was. I think it was the no, preview game. I thought it was I, okay. I, I don't know, but I know it, one of the games, it was a prime time game. Well, my point being, yes, it's a prime time game. Nobody wanted to see that, and then you had to get ESPN replaying it like it was some bad YouTube video. Here they are replaying the incident <laughs> and showing, "Hey, look who threw the punch!" Blow up, you know, that's not a good look. Second thing to think about here: in previous incidences under Dr. McClellan. And we can go back to two incidences in regarding, regarding basketball teams. I won't say schools, but you know who they are. In men and women's basketball, that happened within the past year, okay? Uh, a total of 10 players from uh, one particular school and another school were suspended for one game for a brawl that happened last year. So there is precedent for players being suspended for an entire game for this type of stuff happening. So like you said, that's, that's not the look. So there will be some suspensions coming down. The question is, will they be whole game suspensions? Will they be half game suspensions? Now, will here's my last game suspension. I, you know what? I hope not. I hope they don't let it go multiple because I don't think this carried over. I think you had the one incident and then it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't like, it didn't move into this corner. It didn't move over to that corner of the field. It kind of stayed where it was and then it was over. I will say this. I'm a little shocked that this came out when it did and not a word has been said regarding the incident that happened between Grambling and Florida A&M in the third quarter of that ball game, where an entire team left the sidelines and came to the other side of the field during a sideline scuffle. Not one word has been said about that. I know, you know, coaches have said some things about security and so on and so forth, but all I'll say is I'm surprised that nothing has been said by the conference office regarding that incident. I mean, here we are two weeks later commenting about, and I don't know whether it's because it's post-game or whether it's in-game. I don't know. But I, I'm just a little surprised of the quick reaction. And the quick reaction tells me that somebody is PO'd that that happened. Which means there will be some I – will, I, I, will, I will be shocked if there are not some suspensions uh, coming down as a result of this. Just my thoughts. Let's take a break and come back with some more talking about that upset by, well, I don't know. Can we call it an upset that happened on the reservation? Some people might. Some people might not. 
Let's take a break and talk about that. And then the big upset that happened in the MEAC. We'll talk about that on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net. And on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. want to thank you guys for uh, being in tune with us out there on YouTube and on Facebook, chatting away. Keep the conversation going. Make sure if you're if you're on YouTube, go ahead and make sure to subscribe to that uh, JBN YouTube channel for us, please. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and then give us a thumbs up. If you stayed in this long, you know, it's much appreciated. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at MyBCSN1. Um, just got an announcement. Uh, there will be no inside HBCU football after our show tonight. So um, I know BJ Jones, will, <coughs> excuse me, will probably have his, uh, I know he does his uh, Twitter spaces Twitter space. show yes. on Tuesday. So I'll be looking out for that. And then, of course, uh, later on Tuesday, you can also catch uh, Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab as well Tuesday night. If you haven't downloaded any of our shows on podcast, you're missing out. Go to the look for the BCSN Pod Zone. That needs to be you need to be subscribed to that. We're everywhere: Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen to all of the shows. All of the shows that we do all aggregated right there within 24, 48 hours at the most. Sometimes. 
after they've gone live, we drop them on podcast format there for you. All right, Drew, uh, before we, in the bottom of the hour, we've got Gabe Giardina from uh, Albany State joining us. But we got to talk about two other games, big upsets that happened. We've got on the reservation, Prairie View coming in, ranked for the first time since, ooh, I think I saw maybe 2013, maybe 11. I don't know. It's been a while since Prairie View has been ranked in the top 25, uh, coming in with a record. uh, I think they were unbeaten, 7-1, something like that, unbeaten in SWAC play, playing Alcorn. And this was a big-time battle in the West. Prairie View pretty much could take home the West with a win, right? And then, yeah, they ran into a hot Alcorn team that put 24 points up in the second quarter. Um, you know, they they ended up having a lead as much as 31-9 to nine after a Felix Harper 10-yard touchdown run with 10-27 in third quarter. Uh, Prairie View... Got it to within two after a 70-yard touchdown play from uh, Jawan Pass to Trajan Spiller, but they were unable to convert the two-point conversion and tie the game up. And that was at 7.07 to play. And, um, you know, Alcorn State was able to hold on to that win and get that dub. And as you said, Drew, it just just creates – it keeps Alcorn State in the mix. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of Alcorn State, that classic game that we were talking about is next week against uh, Jackson State, Brian. Right. Yeah. So that'll be next week where, uh, let me see, I'm going to my matrix here. So next week, Alcorn State is traveling to Jackson State. And look, there is the potential, of course, of actual games that could be missed by some Jackson State players. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, Prairie View has to play the – they've got the unfortunate non-conference game against Texas A&M, right? Which is why I say the Valley – that it's a – Valley has a good chance against Prairie View uh, that following week. Well, you often hear about teams talking about when they go and play FBS teams earlier in the year, you're just trying to come out of that game healthy. Yeah. Can you imagine? How do you come out healthy in week 12? Well, look, I I mean, it it brings up an interesting dilemma. You know, I know Prairie View is going to go into that ball game with guys who they, I mean, their quarterback is a, you know, FBS level player. So, I mean, they're going to want to go into that game and, and sort of redeem themselves after losing. But then again, they also have to say, if we're not mentally locked into this game and we're start, if it gets out of hand early, you may have to pull guys and sit guys. And just because you need them to be ready for that Mississippi Valley State game, because as you said, that game, Mississippi Valley State, who got a, a win over Alabama State, Forty-four, thirty-one. Uh, that can be they can be a headache for Prairie View on the last week of the season. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and that Correct. that's what that's around. Th- and that's Thanksgiving weekend. I think that game is on a Friday. Yes. Or maybe, yes yeah. It is. 
So that so it's a short week. So you're so so you're playing. <laughs> you're coming off of a big uh, an FBS team. Short week on a short the week. day after and the day after Thanksgiving. Where is I, that game at, Brian? It is a home game. Fortunately for Prairie View, it's a home game. That's the only I mean, saving grace is that it's a home game. That's the only saving. It could grace. be Itabina. Yeah, well, it's not. So that's a good thing for Prairie View, right? Yes. Um, yes. And, and Brian, do you, uh, somebody uh, put this in the chat. It's a very good question. Uh, let me see if I go back and see who it was. Do you consider Alcoa beating Prairie View an upset? Alcorn's lost the last they, – they lost the last two weeks. I – do I call it an upset? I call it uh, that, the number that was one Maurice Leary who said that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good question. You know, the number one team in the West, unbeaten, ranked. I, I, I but, but I, she's not defending the, East champions, but not the defending East champions. They're not the defending West champs, though. They're not right. the defending West champs, though. So I, I would call it a a yeah, a little bit of an upset. It's as it's, it's weird as that sounds, a little bit of an upset. I would call it a little, not much, but a little bit of an upset. You know, um, like I said, all, given who Alcorn's lost to, lost the last two, they lost the last two weeks to Southern and Bethune-Cookman. A winless Bethune-Cookman team, if I'm not mistaken, at that point, and a Southern team, which we've seen now, Southern's in the midst of a three-game losing streak. So, yeah, let me jump over to the MEAC because that one, that division, look, we we thought it was going to come down to the last week of the season. But then last week what we saw, we saw Norfolk State lose a, I believe it was a 21-point a lead, 21-point lead on the road, the North Carolina Central ended up losing in double overtime. Now they come the next week traveling to Delaware State, have a 26, 26, 26, 26 point lead at the half. Give up 28 points in the second half. Can't score. Give up 21 in the fourth quarter. Delaware State wins 28 to 26, thus ending Norfolk State's chances at winning the conference because South Carolina State, despite losing to North Carolina A&T 27 to 17, is unbeaten in conference play 4-0. And really, the only way – well, actually, there's no way that South Carolina State cannot win – they're, actually, they won their share of the the Celebration Bowl based on tiebreakers, right? They they own the tiebreaker over North Carolina Central, who they beat 27-24, right? And so the worst case, South Carolina State splits with North Carolina Central. Uh, am I saying that right? No. Yeah. Norfolk. They, they lose to Norfolk. They, they lose to Norfolk, and you have a 5-6. and six. South Carolina State team representing your conference in the right. Celebration Bowl. 
Right. And they split and it could be co-champions if North Carolina Central, Central. uh ends Win. up winning. Who check this out. North Carolina Central, if they beat Delaware State, would be six and five. How's that for <laughs> you? How's that for you, right? How's that for you? Is it that so biakish? Is that even that's a new word, y'all? Hashtag biakish. Hey, you can't make a T-shirt. That, we own the rights to that. We own the rights to that. We're calling it right here. It's copyrighted. Sports rap. BCSN. Go ahead, Roy, and start the copyright uh, paperwork. Yes, miakish. That's a new word right there. When you have uh, multiple ties and uh, and the team that goes to the Celebration Bowl has a losing record and they lose, that's, you know, miakish. You make some but, rule up in the last minute and somebody can't win the conference because of it. Miakish. I don't know. We'll come up I, I know ESPN and the, and the people at the Celebration Bowl would prefer a South Carolina State team to be the representative just exactly. for fandom and travel purposes. Well, and the history. I mean, who else to represent? The, I mean, Buddy Pugh, first off, great coach, legendary coach. The program, the most wins, most conference uh, ter- conference championships. Um, there, there's history and legacy there with uh, South Carolina State. So that that's who you want to have representing representing and, and the, the best. The best matchup for ESPN in the Celebration Bowl would be Jackson State and Deion Sanders coming back to Atlanta to take on South Carolina State. There you go. All right, let's transition for a second because we have our second guest on the line with us, and that is the head coach of the SIAC champions. There he is, Coach Gabe Giardina. Coach, how you doing, Coach? Hey, I'm doing great today, guys. Great, great, great. Glad to be on the show and uh, glad to, to get that conference championship yesterday. Yeah, congratulations on the conference championship. Uh, another dominating performance by your team on both sides of the ball. Um, and then, of course, congratulations on your your uh, your placement in the uh, in the uh, tournament in the D2 tournament. We'll talk about that in a moment. But if you can. Uh, and, 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 you know, if you can, as best as you can put into words, what these last few weeks have been like, and, and, you know, just the performance of your team and their ability to sort of lock in and play football with all the other things going on around them and, and dealing with, uh, the, the loss of a teammate and, and just what you've seen from these young men. Well, I, I, I've, uh, I guess been inspired by the, uh, resilience and resolve of our team um really appreciative to to all of our coaches uh you know here for just holding everybody together uh holding me together at times um but uh you know i guess there's no real playbook for when a for when a young man just tragically dies on campus in a in what you know is just a pure accident uh and uh, uh with him in a bus and just uh, you know just uh been amazed that uh uh, our team's, uh, I guess, fortitude to to honor Adonis Butler uh, and his family, and, and uh, you know, every once in a while I'll flip on the Morehouse game and just, you know, watch him cover those last co- a couple of kicks, and um, it, it brings a warm warm feeling to my heart. It's not a not a negative by any stretch of the imagination because Adonis is such a great person, and uh, I've been so proud of our team to just see them compete and and, and win the Fountain City Classic two weeks ago against. Fort Valley and be able to score 57 points, his jersey number uh, in the game. 
Um, and then to be able to go over there to Miles, who's, you know, ripped our hearts out in 2018 and 2019 in the conference championship game and to go over there and, and really put in a, a, a kind of a, uh, um, a dominating performance, um, you know, shutting them out and scoring 31 points and, um, uh, just real proud of the way our guys competed and kept showing up every day and, and playing inspired. And, and not to take anything away because you and your coaching staff, I mean, you guys are hurting just as much as the guys talk a little bit about what it's been, what, 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 where are you guys finding your comfort in, in, in this whole process? Where, where are you guys pulling your strength from? You know, for me, it, it, it starts with my relationship with Christ. Um, you know, I, we, we try to build a lot of things on this program through the framework of, of the Bible and, and uh, you know, drawing from, uh, you know, just a daily relationship uh, um, with Jesus and, and uh, kind of using that to, to minister to our spirit uh, and in turn minister to our players. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, uh, it's almost like our relationships have gone to another level um, just because of what's happened and uh, been able to have some unique conversations, um, you know, about, um, you know, death and, and dealing with death, but then also, uh, you know, life and trying to celebrate life and celebrate every opportunity that we have to be together. And so uh, um, I think we have a really close knit staff um, because of that. Um, and we, uh, you know, we start every day with a, with a devotion and, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're football coaches. We're not preachers now, <laughs> so uh, you know it's the it's the football version of uh, of trying to uh, follow the Lord here. But uh, uh, but everybody does a great job and uh, and trying to just be real and authentic. Appreciate it, Drew. All right, Coach. Uh, is it, are we up to six now on the shutouts? Six and a half. Well, we actually put, we got we got seven yesterday. <laughs> Seven. So I mean, you know, it's uh, that defense. The dirty blue is is uh, might be the dirtiest it's ever been. You know, uh, you know, giving up like five points a game right now. Yeah, now, hey, hey, coach. Uh, you know, I've I've been a fan of football a while. I play. We not gonna talk about how how I played. That's why that's why you never recruited me or anything. How poorly <laughs> I played. But I'm pretty sure you've been around football a, a, a long time. Have you ever either? been a part of a team or even witness to a team that has just dominated this side of the ball like you guys have this year? We've seen teams put up offensive numbers comparable to this, you know, with four or 500 uh, yards a game and scoring 40 or 50 points a game. But I cannot recall five points a game and then with the shutouts and things like that. I can't recall since I've been watching not only – HBCU football, but football in general, such dominance. Well, you know, Albany State people are quick to remind me that in 1960 we had a undefeated and unscored upon team uh, here. But you know, <laughs> before my time, they, coach, I'm sorry. Yeah, but mine too. <laughs> in the modern era, uh, no, I, I've never been around a team that that has just performed so uh, at such an elite level, um, and guys that just play so hard. Um, and, and we really try to play a lot of guys, you know, I, I think we're trying to roll like 18 deep over there, you know, just rolling that defensive line. And then we're rolling some linebackers and, um, just mixing up the packages. And, um, it, it's been a, uh, it's been a blessing to watch. Um, but those guys, they, they, they understand, 
how to play with relentless effort and physical brutality. And they arrive. I mean, it's amazing to watch our film. You know, we, you know, sometimes you're counting on one or two guys to make a tackle. It seems like we've got three or four guys. It almost looks like we're playing with 12 out there sometimes. Uh, you know, and, and practice for our offense is a, is a, is a war every day. And we're better for that. Um, but, you know, we, we, we're trying to go – we're going old school here. We're trying to tell people, hey, defense wins championships, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're trying to be the bad boys of the Pistons era and, uh, you know, and knock people around. <laughs> you know, you open the season with the shutout uh, at Mississippi College. You close the season with the shutout against Miles, at Miles, both of them on the road. You got those yeah. mixes in between. Now you get prepared for the uh, for the playoffs. A West Georgia team who likes to put up a lot of, a lot of points. Now mm-hmm. on the defensive side, you know we know how good you are. And looking at it offensively, you guys run the ball at such a high clip, and they are. I think they were ranked number seventy something against the run when I saw it. So just talk mm-hmm. about the matchup of styles so what you've been able to gather in the hour and a half, two hours since the. Uh, pairings have come out against uh west georgia well i yeah it's uh hard to put it into some quick words but it probably is a it's a contrast of styles and and uh um you know we just you know we just had to go be ourselves offensively um you know we're we're, we're not real flashy um but man i tell you we, we, we try to be steady uh try to take care of the ball and uh you know we've done that well at points in this season and honestly there's been some times where we've really not done it very well um, Saturday being one of those days. So, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we've got a lot of uh, big play potential, but we rely on that senior heavy. You know, I say senior heavy. It's an experienced offensive line. We got, got one senior up there that's been played a ton of games and, uh, you know, a junior that's played in a bunch of games. But we just we, – we've got a we've got a uh, I guess, an experienced group up there. We try to use three tight ends. And, uh, you know, we, we try to play a little bit different brand. You know, everybody – Everybody wants to be spread and dink and dunk, throw it around and do all this stuff. And we're we're kind of more, hey, let's let's uh, chuck it down the field, try to throw some posts and uh, and different things, and let's ground and pound you and try to bloody your nose a little bit. And so that's uh, just kind of who we are. Three yards in a cloud of dust, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Coach. Last question before I turn it back over to Brian. Since yeah. the uh, regional records have cut out, you've been sitting at number three. Obviously, right. we know Valdosta State uh, lost yesterday, and mm-hmm. because of how they, I guess how they felt about West Florida, they bumped West Florida up ahead ahead of you guys to to number four. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, give us your reaction when you saw that come out on uh, today. Uh, number one, then number two, just kind of go over the atmosphere that was in the room and how you guys uh, found out about it and. You know what was the guy's reaction to the uh, pairing announcement? Well, I think um, you know number one, we, we haven't been to the playoffs in a while. Uh, I think it's like uh, 2013 or 2014, something like that. Uh, and so, uh, you know, our guys are just really still excited that, to to win the conference championship yesterday. And uh, you know, and so many of them that you know they they had never been a part of a selection show. You know, as a as an FCS coordinator, I got to make a couple trips to the playoffs and be a part of those shows, and it's an exciting thing. I mean, it's this is, this is the football version of March Madness, you know, and it's, uh, it's special and it's neat. And the guys are fired up. They're throwing their hats in the air. They're, they're excited to see their name, you know, kind of go up there on the board in Super Region 2. And, um, you know, we, we don't care about the, the, uh, the pairing, you know, we, or uh, the uh, ranking or whatever. 
uh, we're just, you know, we're excited to be in. Uh, I was, uh, I thought for sure that Bowie would go to number one. Um, that's probably the bigger question I would say right there, which is, which I think is a good talking point of why, why does that not happen? You know, they're undefeated um, and, uh, you know, won the CIAA championship. And to me, that's, you know, you're the undefeated, you know, team in the region. You ought to be number one. But, you know, that's probably another discussion for another uh, uh, day when I'm not coaching. Uh, I'll leave that one up to you guys. Uh, but uh, uh, but my point is for us, we're, we're excited to uh, to be a part of the, uh, the tournament and uh, can't wait to go play next Saturday. The um, the the obvious uh, being able to schedule the way you did uh, definitely helped out, um, and um, I, I know we don't want to look too far ahead, but talk a little bit about scheduling and how the schedule, being able to schedule Mississippi College, Shorter University, even Valdosta, how that helps you out this particular year, given the fact that there's so many teams from the GSC. I mean, in in your re, in this region. I mean, there are three of them in this region. Sure. So the likelihood is, I mean, obviously you're playing one, but you, you may have to play three of them just to get out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just you know it's it's part of the deal. I think you know scheduling is hard. Uh, you know, you're trying to find dates and you're trying to find uh, you know folks that it doesn't just break you in half. You know, uh, it's not so much the financial part, but it's you know it's the it's the length of the drives. You know what I'm saying? You, you drive seven hours to to Mississippi, uh, and you play them at six o'clock at night, you don't get back till five o'clock the next morning, you know? Uh, and so, uh, um, but it, it's, it's difficult. Um, but it, it's, uh, um, you know, we try to do everything we can to play a really good, tough non-conference schedule to get us ready for a tough SIAC schedule. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, if you can do it regionally, uh, to where you can get a Valdosta, uh, or West Georgia to come on campus, uh, you know, it's great for our fans. It's great for our community. I mean, those are short trips and they're uh, big crowds, which, you know, at, uh, at this level, you know, we know that uh, our guys, uh, they want to, they want to feel like they're at Georgia. They want to feel like they're at, um, you know, Florida state, you know, cause they're, they're those are the two teams that are probably closest to us, Auburn, whatever. Um, and so uh, we want to give them those type of environments. So we, you know, we try to schedule so we can have as many folks in the stands as we can. Um, that's why, you know, next year we're going to play FAMU down there in Tallahassee. I mean, that's it's a short trip for us, and hey, there'll be a bunch of people there. Yeah, for sure, definitely. That'll be uh, that'll definitely be a well attended crowd, and I know there'll be a lot of folks from Albany traveling down. So, I mean, it'll be a good representation down there for that. Um, you've been building this program since you've taken over. You've been building it, and and you've been building it. Right. I can you can see the steps getting to the championship game, now winning the championship, getting getting to this spot where you're in the playoffs and, and in, a, in a good place, and you built this defense. Um, now you've, you're here this this week. What what have you prepared yourself mentally for? What do you think may be the, the biggest challenge this week in your preparations for Saturday's game? Well, I, I think it's anytime you're in the tournament, you, you, you can't make the games bigger than they are. You know, you want your team to just focus on the moment, not the consequences of the moment. You know, I, I don't want these guys going out there and thinking, oh, we make one mistake and, you know, we're going to lose the ball game. You know, we, we just have to play to our character. Uh, and, and the same things that have helped us win 10 games so far are the same things that will help us win one game this week. Um, and that's that's kind of been our, our mantra and our goal yeah. is to just play one game at a time, 
try to go one and oh um and really win it light uh at, you know as, as while we're doing it you know we, we've you know our big theme around here is to try to uh chase the crown uh which is just that has everything to do with this passage in second timothy about fighting a good fight and keeping the faith and finishing the race you know and, and so uh for us that's that's what we got to focus on we got to focus on the things that have kind of got us here um and not make it bigger than it is um hey look it's it's one game against a really good team and uh you know let's let's just go play let's keep it simple you know we don't have to have six trick plays or four new blitzes you know we just got to put the same <laughs> clothes on and go play the same game that we've been playing uh and make people realize hey they got to they got to you know they got to we got to go stop them and we got to go score on them do you know uh the game time yet has all that been announced yet It'll be at one o'clock here in Albany. Um, so uh, um, all these first round games across the country should be at one o'clock. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if they had made some of them different times or nights or whatever like that. Okay. Uh, Drew, yeah. you got, you got any, any final questions for coach? Yeah. Yeah. Final question. Uh, you guys had four common opponents, both you guys going three and one against those opponents. Uh, mm-hmm. Both you guys defeated uh Mississippi College, Shorter, and Morehouse. And mm-hmm. uh, both you guys lost to Val- Valdosta State. Uh, mm-hmm. While West Georgia defeated Mississippi, uh, excuse me, Morehouse 47-0, you guys struggled a bit against Morehouse, and that that was a nail-biter uh, for you guys. So obviously you're not going to get help from those uh, GSC teams that they've uh, that they've played but have you made a coach call down to up to Atlanta to uh, coach Freeman and seeing if uh he may have anything for you against this West Georgia team well he you when you lose 47 to nothing you might have some things you don't want to do again uh but uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what one thing about uh Rich Freeman is I don't know if anybody's team improves more throughout the year than his you know what I mean they they are really a lot different team in October and November than they are uh, in September for whatever reason. And so, uh, you know, uh, you know, we, you, we obviously look at the common games and things like that. Um, but uh, I'm sure uh, uh, Rich is a good friend and a good man. And uh, 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 I'm sure he and I'll probably, uh, you know, exchange some, some text and some uh, uh, maybe a call or two this week just saying, hey, what, what do you think of these guys? Uh, but you know, yeah, he he might scratch that head. You know, he don't have much hair up there anymore. He might scratch that head. And go, oh man, I don't know if I do that again, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. so. hey, hey, I did have one one additional question. Uh, sure. Just just a quick comment on how you feel about Savannah not being that second team in in the SIAC. They were sitting at number eight. They thought with but the Mars Hill lost that uh, they may bump mm-hmm. up to seven, but they jumped Lenore Ryan over. Uh-huh. Savannah to get them in. Any quick comment on that? Yeah, I, I just I, I'm you know I'm kind of perplexed. I guess um, you know I saw something on Twitter on some some real close graphics that they had. Um, you know, one of the deals sometimes I think that uh, uh, maybe uh, you know puts us at a little disadvantage in the league um, is not being able to play that 11th game because you're kind of waiting there for the uh, for the conference championship game to see what could happen. And I, you know, I sure think if Savannah had a uh, an 11th game to go out there and, and uh, you know play another good quality team, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the, the vote gets flipped in a different direction. Um, and, uh, I've got a lot of respect obviously for Sean and, and what they do over there. And, uh, and so I just, um, uh, uh, I, I was definitely surprised, um, 
uh, when that showed up. I knew it was a possibility, um, but definitely surprised. And maybe just something we could all learn from and say, hey, you know, maybe there's a way, you know, for the non-championship teams, um, you know, like a Kentucky State even on our, you know, maybe it's the two number two teams. Maybe there's a ones versus one game and a two versus two game. It's IAC consolation game. Yeah, just to help someone get in the playoffs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I think that would be a real, uh, you know, positive for our league. That, you know what? That's a great idea because I'll tell you what, that that would have been a heck of a contest, uh, Savannah State, uh, Kentucky State matchup. Uh, it would have had to have been lame because uh, Kentucky State had the contract against Erkstab. But a, a, a Savannah State lane game would have been just as uh, good also. Yes, it would have. Right. Right. All right, Coach. Uh, Hey, we appreciate you taking time this evening. uh, It's been a great weekend, great evening, and uh, back to work. Uh, The focus now becomes uh, your opponent, uh, West Georgia, this upcoming week, uh, 1 p.m. kickoff at Albany, uh, Albany State. And uh, you guys make sure to uh, go go to uh, ASUGoldenRams.com for more ticket information. And uh, let's let's get those guys a packed house. We need, we want to see a packed house in Albany, well, Georgia, in Bowie, Maryland, um, because we we want to see you guys in the uh, in the next round. So, Coach, congratulations mm-hmm. again. We're following you. We're rooting for you. Um, and good luck this week. All right. All right. Appreciate you guys. Love the show. All right. Thank, thank you. you. We'll take a short break and come back after these words. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN. So we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you got, you guys do for us. to Clinton Paris and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean. Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get him. Any it results from the, 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 the Chargers? What did the, what the Chargers end up doing? Please tell me these. Use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Out the Rams beat West Georgia in 2019. 
All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. I want to thank uh, again our coaches, Coach Damon Wilson, uh, Bowie State, Coach Gabe Giardina of Albany State, the uh, CIAA and SIAC champions, respectively. And they are going to the playoffs. Again, they will, let's see, Albany State is a four seed taking on West Georgia. That game will be at Albany State on Saturday, 1 p.m. kickoff. Bowie State will be hosting as the two seed against Lenore Ryan. Um, that game will be 1 p.m. as well. Maryland. In Bowie, Maryland. So, both, you know, it's interesting. Both of the HBCU teams with 10 wins, the only uh, highest win record in that region, although Valdosta State, which is in Georgia, has the number one seed, and uh, you have two others have of their teams. conference. Yeah, they also have uh, the defending champions of Division Two are in this region, West Florida. Who and Valdosta State won the year before that. Yeah, so the last two champions, uh, 2019 and 2018, are in this region. So, and look, I, I don't think it's hard. It's I don't think it's I don't think it's outside of the spectrum of reality that among the top four seeds, the next champion could very well come. And that that is that's powerful. That means Bowie and Albany State have the talent and the makeup and the coaching. They could very well be. And it's, it's going to be fun to watch those teams play on the field. One other point on that, Albany beat West Georgia in 2019. Okay. Okay. Hey, uh, one other. Okay. So as we start to look ahead before we do the top five rankings, uh, just in the really in the FCS level, again, the big matchups that'll be coming up this weekend in the MEAC, you've got South Carolina state traveling to Norfolk state. I got to imagine South Carolina state would want to win in their season with a win, uh, so that they can celebrate their championship. Uh, rightfully, you know, with the proper in, in above five hundred, in, in above five hundred, because as you you eloquently stated, Drew, you could have a realistically a five and six team in the celebration bowl representing the Miac. So that that could happen. The Miak, other big game, hashtag Miacish. Stop. Uh, the other <laughs> the other game, North Carolina Central is hosting Delaware State. That's uh, another contest. Over in the SWAC, the big game, Alcorn State traveling to Jackson State. Again, we got to wait to see what happens with the ramifications of the incident between Jackson State and Southern. How does that affect Jackson State? And of course, Southern is on a bye, as along with Grambling. They've got the Bayou in two weeks. Prairie View has to play Texas A&M. Nice little mid-season FBS contest there for you. It's a, it's a payday, though, so I don't know. Texas Southern travels to Alabama State. UAPB travels to Alabama A&M. That should be uh, – I'll tell you what. Go back and see if you can watch the highlights of Texas Southern versus Alabama A&M. That was a fun game. Fun game, 52-49. to 49. If you had the over, congratulations. And then, of course, there's this little game that's played out in Orlando, something about the Florida Classic, you know, just just the biggest game, biggest family reunion in the state of Florida. 
Well, Florida A&M will break the streak, the decade-long streak. Yeah, something about Bethune having this little streak, this win streak. They're kind of excited about it. You know, it's – it, it, it'll come to an end. But anyway. But those, man, that's these what two got. wins, y'all, they got too big for y'all britches. Yeah, exactly. Growing a pair underneath the fur, so as I like to say. <laughs> so, uh, But anyway, that's the that's the schedule for next week. Um, let's, let's roll through the top five. Here's our top five. Let's start with under D1. And, again, these are ratings. Not a poll. There are plenty of polls out there that will be coming out throughout the course of the week. There are no voters involved in this. This is all metrics. The numbers say what they say. The uh, number one team in the under D1 poll, Albany State, right now by a slim margin over Bowie State, who's at number two. Both teams at 10-1 and is a very slim margin. Uh, I ask you a question in a second about this, Drew. Savannah State, eight and two, coming in third. Slim lead over Fayetteville State, who comes in fourth at eight and two as well. Langston finishes at seven and three. Uh, remember, for one time, Langston was the number one team for the beginning, or almost uh, the first four or five weeks of our rankings. Uh, they've lost three in a row, but still managed to be number five. Uh, Kentucky State, Lane, Virginia Union, Shaw, all kind of finish right there in terms of uh, six, seven, eight, nine. That's if we did a top ten. That's what it might look like. So my question to you, yeah, yeah. Uh, my question to you was going to be, what might separate Albany State and Bowie State down the road? Uh. Assuming both win the same amount of games and lose at the same point in time, is that where you're getting at? Because obviously well, if mean, one wins one more game than the other one, they will probably uh, wind up our national champion. Okay. So that yeah. that's pretty much – but, I mean, if if both go as far and, and end as far as they do – Who uh, – Albany plays a tougher opponent strength-wise in, in West Georgia versus Bowie uh, against Lenore Ryan. So that's what's going to determine it. It's going to be the ranking of their opponents uh, going forward. And what also will help Albany uh, State out because of a high ranking system goals, Albany State will be on the road before Bowie. So yeah, that road true. win – We'll give extra uh, extra bump to Albany State. In the end, we're rooting for both teams to meet in two weeks in the regional championship game, and then we'll just settle it out there. We may just come with the trophy to the uh, to the site. <laughs> just just yeah, just because then, then then it's win it on the field. Exactly. Winner on the field wins the under D1 Black College National Championship and advances to the and, final. And we'll be a if that happens, I will find my way to Bowie, Maryland. Yeah, to, because they are the two seeds, so that's that would be hosting. They would be hosting, right? All right. Yes. Okay. Let's jump over to the uh division one side of our top five for this week. At number one, I believe for the third straight week now with uh, some clear separation, is Jackson State. 
Still sitting at nine and one, unbeaten in the SWAC, seven and zero oh in the SWAC. Coming in at number two, jumping up from the three spot, Florida A and M with a record of eight and two, uh, five and one, five and one, no six and one, six and one, six and one in the uh, SWAC. Coming in at number three, dropping from number two, Prairie View A and M. Now with a record of seven and two, and uh, moving, I don't know if they're staying right in the same spot. I think they are number four. Actually, they may have gone up a spot. Number four is Alcorn State. They come in at six and four, and back into the top five. All Alabama A and M with a record of six and three. Uh, who you know don't hey quietly Alabama A and M could finish the season with an eight and three record here and uh you know still would be an impressive season uh despite despite uh, that that little hiccup there in October and then outside of the top five you got Norfolk State South Carolina State North Carolina Central and uh Tennessee State North Carolina A and T uh South Carolina State might be the team that could find their way into the top five, depending upon how things go with teams at the bottom, because of course they've got the win. They got to play Norfolk state and then they actually get uh, an opportunity in the celebration bowl. Right. So, yeah. And, yeah. and which would be interesting to deliver if South Carolina state wins out, <laughs> you know, all the, by rating, they won't be the national champion, but <laughs> you know, now, the television people. Hey, look, the television people will say the Black College National Champions is the winner of the Celebration Bowl, and and then all of us will have to argue. Not really, but now, anyway. Uh, but but the interesting thing is, a fab you getting into the playoffs, right behind a Jackson State, and a fab you getting a playoff win or two. Let's have that debate. That's the debate I want to have. Look, we I love stirring the pot. That's all we're going to end up doing is stirring the pot, man. You know folks will be so upset, but that's just what they do. Hey, the numbers and don't I'm lie. I'm not just the numbers... having that debate because it's FAMU. It's just because exactly. we have a team in the playoffs. The numbers are what they are. All right, um, Drew, we got to get out of here. So, look, thank you, everybody. If you're out there watching us and you've been interacting with us on uh, YouTube, if you've been interacting with us on Facebook and in the chat rooms, we appreciate you. Go ahead and hit us up if you want to. You can hit Drew up on Twitter at BCSN Drew. You can find me on Twitter at DRB365. Or as always, send your comments right there to uh, us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1. That's the number one. Go download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app, which you can find on your Google and Apple Play Store. Just search MyJBN or MyBCSN. We appreciate you doing that. And uh, be looking out for the podcast that'll be coming out later uh, on the BCSN Pod Zone, or you can just uh, get our podcast on the BCSN Sports Wrap as well. Shows coming up later this week. Don't forget Dr. Cavill on Tuesday night uh, inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Of course, we've got the ONG Strike Zone on uh, Wednesday night, and uh, then we'll have some other stuff later on in the week. So. Be looking out for that. And, uh, Drew, any final thoughts, words? No, uh, 
I'm just I'm just excited. I I plan on being in Albany, Georgia on this Saturday for the uh for for the uh for the championship game. So uh excuse me, the, the playoffs. So uh just I, look, I'm Albany State Bowie. I want to see them win our Dasher championship on the field. That's my whole goal at this point, my brother. All right. You guys make sure to uh, make sure to support go to those websites, um, Albany state, Bowie state, make sure you tune in and find out how you can watch those games. If you're in those areas, if you're close by, go to the game, go support those teams. They need all the HBCU love that they can get. And, uh, you know, keep all of those teams and players in your thoughts uh, and prayers, all those teams that are going through something. So you guys be good out there. Thanks for watching and staying tuned in with us on the Black College Sports Network tonight. Be good to each other. Stay safe. Peace out. I holla.